Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. And we are still working our way through the book of Ephesians. Today we're going to be in session 28 and breaking into chapter number 6, the final chapter of the book. So um, last time we were together, let's see if I can get over here with my with the actual scripture, we finished up chapter number five, and of course chapter number five deals with the issue of submission, unity in the body, and Paul makes a comparison between the husband and the wife, and how that that is uh, similar to the relationship between Christ and the church. Matter of fact, in 532, this is the great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Uh, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So he just wrapped up that. Then he breaks into chapter number six, and he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So wives need to be submissive to the leadership of their husbands. Husbands need to love their wives unconditionally, and now children need to obey their parents. Why? Because I said so. <laughs> Why? Because this is right. It's the way it should be. And uh, we just need to remember context here. You know, chapter number five, he's talking about walking in love. He's talking about, if you go back into chapter number four, unity in the body of Christ. So how are we going to walk in love and this unity that he's talking about? By submitting to to each other, by respecting each other, by honoring each other. And of course, it starts with the husband and wife relationship, and then the children are to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. The phrase in the Lord is interesting. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. What does that mean, in the Lord? Well, it's interpreted differently. Albert Barnes says it means as long as their commandments are with those of the Lord. So, children, obey your parents if whatever they tell you is in the Lord. Um, yeah, Gusick says, the phrase simply means that it is necessary on the part of the child as an act of obedience to the Lord. So a little bit different. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So the next verse will seem to confirm Gusick's view because he goes on and says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long upon the earth. Um, so, you know, I mean, you're not going to honor your father and your mother uh, as long as their commandments are those of the Lord, uh, like Barnes said regarding verse 1. So I would think what Gusick said it just means that it's an act of obedience toward the Lord. So children, we're to obey our parents as an act of obedience to the Lord, because it's right. And in like manner, we are to honor our fathers and our mothers, which is the first commandment with promise. So uh, Paul here is referring back to Exodus 20, verse number 12, where the Lord gives the commandments to the nation of Israel. Um and in those Ten Commandments, of course, the fifth one is, Honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you, that your days may be long upon the earth. Um, 
Christians, usually I used to be a cub master and a scout master, and we always did a Ten Commandment hike every year. So it was my job to coordinate with all the churches um, because they would have to hike to these churches, and then each of the pastors would go over one of the commandments. That got difficult when you begin to blend the Catholic churches with the Protestant churches because the Catholics have a different set of commandments than the the Protestants do. So it was never really, it was always diff, difficult to stick that Catholic church in there because they didn't divide the Ten Commandments the same way in the same order. Um, but generally speaking, most will agree that... Um, you know, they'll say the first four commandments are toward God. Um, and, of course, you know, I, I just pulled this up on my own here just so I can have it as a reference here. Uh, the first four commandments is, you shall have no other gods before me. Uh, you shall not make any graven image. You shall not take the Lord of the name of the Lord, Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Now, most Protestants will agree that those four or a man in his relationship to his God. And then the latter six are honor your father and your mother. You will, you shall not kill each other. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall uh, not bear false witness against your neighbor, and you shall not covet. And they'll say the latter six has to do with the relationship between a man and his neighbor. Um, so... The Jewish people, though, uh, they actually divide them five and five, which is interesting. Um, they consider the fifth commandment, which is honor your father and your mother, as an act of worship toward God. It's regarding your relationship toward God, not your fellow man, which is pretty powerful that they see it that way. Um, it's literally an act of worship to God, uh, which is quite interesting. Um, and then in verse number four, he says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So now he turns his attention back to fathers regarding their children in relationship to their roles as leaders in their homes. And his warning here is about harsh leadership. This type of leadership can lead to anger, which can cause bitterness and rebellion in the hearts of children. In other words, our leadership needs to be fair. It needs to be right. Um, it needs to be controlled. Um, that uh, The NIV actually says, And ye fathers, do not exasperate or frustrate your children to wrath. In other words, by your horrible leadership, don't frustrate your kids. Don't exasperate your kids. Um, so ye fathers, provoke not, frustrate not, exasperate your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Bottom line is fathers are to cultivate a loving relationship. How? By example, that can be emulated. In Colossians 3.21, Paul said, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And again, I think that's another way to say, lest they be exasperated, lest they be frustrated. Um, but we should 
rule by example in our homes. Dads are to be an earthly reflection of their heavenly father. And that's why I have found with the deterioration of the family, um, it's very difficult for young people um, to even think of a heavenly father because they have no earthly father to compare him to. They have an earthly mother who's not an earthly father. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I tell moms, you know, and I pastored for years, moms cannot teach their young men to be men. It's not possible. And I believe that's why there's such a rise of effeminacy among men. Um, you know, I was looking at some survey at Brown University that they had said like 39% of the Brown students identified as LGBTQ, you know, XYZ. Really? I mean, 40%, I mean, Brown is just such a magnet for that type, that 40% of them, which it is a left-wing progressive institution, no doubt about that. But you're telling me 40% of them identify that way? No, they just want to fit in. They want to, you know, kids are, are chameleons. They want to fit in. Nobody wants to be that buck kid with a hair lick uh, in kindergarten. Okay, nobody wants to stand out as a young person. Nobody. They blend in. Um, I mean, they go overboard to blend in. The worst thing you can do is call out a kid. Um, so in that effort to blend in, some more than others, uh, I would say most, um, we'll say what needs to be said in order to fit in. And so if you want me to say I'm LGBTQ to fit in, I'll say that. Um, I think it's just a reflection of our society. I think statistically, I think I heard the other day somebody said less than 6% of the population is actually not straight. Um, and that number is probably high. Um, it's just being forced down our throats from the elite. And um, younger people are certainly more likely to bend toward that for acceptance than an older person. When you get older, you just don't care for the most part. Uh, but anyway, dads are to be an, an earthly reflection of their heavenly father. And that's difficult when so many dads are not in the lives of their children. And of course, in minorities, especially in the black community, that number is 70 plus percent. And it's just no wonder why, you know, that community is absolutely imploding on itself. Um, not to mention they're, they're, they're just tools in the hands of the left progressive movement. And it's just sad to watch. Um, notice verse number five. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ. So now he turns his attention from wives to children to fathers and now to servants. And uh, the word is better translated, slaves. Um, I mean, he's talking about people who are in uh, either a lifetime of servitude or indentured servitude. Uh, he's not talking about the cashier, you know, at... Uh, at Kroger, 
here. He's talking about people who are in servitude. You know, and so many times I hear people like Bill Meyer, I think that's how you pronounce his name, talk about how the Bible condones slavery. I mean, that is ignorance. The Bible doesn't condone it. It just acknowledges that it's there. Um, to acknowledge something that's there and to issue parameters uh, doesn't is not condoning something. It was simply there. Um, um, so Paul is not condoning slavery, but merely speaking to it as an established institution, which it was. And you know what? Even if Paul didn't have a problem with it, that was then, this is now. I mean, we are so good at trying to take our present-day standards, moral standards, and force them on past generations. Get over yourself. Uh, there was a lot of things that were done. Uh, you know, how many of you, you ladies were sold for a chicken? Um, you know, I mean, that's what they did back then. Uh, doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. That's just the way they did it back then. A girl was, you know, you had to buy her with a dowry to replace her in the family. Um, you replaced the loss that that family would 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 get once you took that child away from them. Um, also, if you, you know, I mean, you had to pay for it. It had to cost you something. Nowadays, it doesn't cost nothing. You know, they just go down to Vegas and walk down to the Elvis store and get married. You know, and then 90 days later, they're divorced or it's annulled because of stupidity. Uh, back then, it was taken seriously. It's not today. It's a joke. And that's why the vast majority of young people aren't married today. That's why in Europe, the number one name <laughs> is Muhammad. You know, I mean, why? Because the Saxons, the, the white Anglo-Saxon Anglo Protestants aren't getting married. And they're not having children. So what's happening? They're being replaced uh, because of their stupidity. Uh, same thing is happening here in our country. It'll continue to happen. So it was just a fact of life. His encouragement to them was for them to be obedient as with the children earlier, but as with fear and trembling. So obviously masters had the ability to exact retribution. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so we add with fear and trembling. Instead, they were encouraged to obey with a singleness of heart as unto the Lord. Um, and again, um, uh, you know, Albert Barnes says, fidelity in whatever situation we find ourselves is acceptable service to the Lord. Wherever the Lord's got you, I mean, you may hate your job. Do it as unto the Lord. You know, you may hate a relationship. Do it as unto the Lord. Everything that we do is for Him and His glory and His happiness with us, um, not with man. Um, he also pointed out that it's easier to serve God than man. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh, man is fickle. Um, man disappoints, uh, misleads, abuses. Um, it's you know easier to serve God than it is to serve man sometimes. And he goes on and says, not with eye service. In other words, not only when they're looking at you. That's called a man pleaser. But as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from their heart. Out of the heart 
comes the thoughts and the intents. Out of the mouth proceed the thoughts and intents of the heart. So they're encouraged to serve faithfully at all times, not when, not just when the master is watching. Now, we don't have the institution of slavery is abolished in the West. So, I mean, there is application here to your job. You know, if you're a cashier at Kroger, you need to be a good cashier whether or not you're being watched or not. Uh, fidelity dictates obedience at all times. Fidelity speaks of faithfulness. Uh, it dictates obedience at all times. It was to be their testimony, their witness. Those who did so were not were only man pleasers. While God wants those who did so, in other words, those who only did it with eye service, they were men pleasers. While God wants God pleasers. You know, God. You know, if your if your vertical relationship is okay, your horizontal relationships are going to be okay. If your vertical relationship is bad, your horizontal relationships are going to be bad. That's just a rule of the universe. Albert Barnes said, We render acceptable service to God when we perform the services which are demanded of us in the situation in life we find ourselves, however humble that may be. So no matter what you're doing, (laughs) you do it as unto the Lord. And he goes on verse number seven and says, with good will doing service as to the Lord, not to men. Uh, The understanding here is that God is in charge, and no matter where we are in life, we must trust God and be faithful with where he has placed us. Anything else is not fully trusting him. You, you need to trust that I'm where God wants me to be, and you need to serve in that capacity as unto the Lord until the Lord changes that situation. And he says in verse 8, Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So here is the promise for those who take heed to Paul's counsel knowing that whatsoever good thing you do, the same shall he receive of the Lord. And it doesn't matter if you're bond or free. Of course, none of us is guaranteed reward in this life, but we are guaranteed reward in the next. It's guaranteed. And then in verse number number nine, he turns the corners. And he starts talking about the masters. So notice he's went from wives to to husbands, uh, to children, to fathers, to servants, and now he's turning to the masters. Ye masters, do the same things unto them. Who's them? Their servants, forbearing, threatening. In other words, don't use threatening as a tool. Knowing that your master, by the way, masters have masters, also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. He is warning, his warning to masters is that while they are watching their servants, God is watching them. <laughs> uh, Colossians 4.1, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. And he doesn't show partiality. He doesn't show respect of persons. He's going to give every man what they deserve. Um, 
God does not show favor regarding position or rank. It's like someone said, the foot of the cross is absolutely level. There is no VIP seating at the foot of the cross. Uh, Romans 2.11 says, for there is no respect of persons with God. And then he concludes this little section with, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So his final thoughts here is they all need to be strong in the power of his might. Not their might, his might. I believe his point is that it would be difficult for wives, husbands, children, slaves, and masters to do any of this without the Lord's help. Um, Zechariah 4, 6 then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Next time we get together, we'll, put it, we'll look at the whole armor of God, which pretty much will conclude our study through the book of Ephesians. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Remember, God loves you. He wants the best for you. He's working all things out for our good.